Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls, where they're winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Check out thebuffshow.com. Past interviews, shows, and more. Individual interviews and our great sponsors. Check out mypatriotcigars.com. Get a great cigar aged three years to perfection. Use promo code BUFF to save up to 15% off your order and continual savings and free shipping on future orders too. Great stuff there, mypatriotcigars.com. Also, MyPillow.com, save up to 66% off with your promo code BUFF. Massive savings and unlock your free gift and support Mike Lindell. We got to. Will Mike Lindell be the new chair of the RNC? We're going to find out more on that, but that's a great story. We're going <laughs> to be tracking Mike Lindell, chair of the RNC. That would be great stuff. I tell you what, but we also have some big breaking news right here on the Matt Buff Show. Arizona counties with this sham election are threatened with a class C felony charge if they won't certify the rigged election. Let's start in Mojave County in Arizona with this breaking news. Um, I vote I under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, former self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? We're adjourned. This was a county supervisor. They were threatened with a Class C felony charge if they refuse to certify the fraudulent election. We've been informed the entire Yavape BOS, with one Democrat exception, expressed a belief that the election had serious errors, but were told by the county attorney, deputy attorney, and county administrator they must certify today or face Class C felony charges. This is ridiculous. This was tweeted out by Carrie Lake War Room, who's been on top of this story from the get-go. That was in the video. Ron Gould of the Mojave County Board of Supervisors was also told that he would be arrested if he did not certify the election. And he said that in the video, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I, or I'll be charged with a felony. Katie Hobbs is out of control because she is overseeing her own election. We showed you eight minutes of ballot dumps from mules taking pictures and dumping handfuls of ballots into the ballot box. The machines that were shut down, the printing errors, the long lines, people told not to vote. I mean, they were getting killed on election day, the Democrats were. And this makes no sense. Only 17% of Maricopa Election Day voters were Democrat. Only 23% of primary Election Day voters were Democrat. But Democrats won 50% of delayed Election Day totals. That is mathematically impossible. Carrie Lake is fighting this on all fronts. She has a legal team. And she put out a statement just late last night. I want you guys to check it out right here and we'll break it down. Arizona, it's Carrie Lake, and I wanted to update you on what's happening in our fight against Arizona's sham elections and those who run them. For starters, I want you to know that I am firmly in this fight with you. Maricopa County just couldn't wait to certify their botched election. The botched election where half of election day voting centers were inoperable. 
the botched election where election day printers caused mayhem across the county. The botched election where Arizonans were expected to wait in line two, three, four, even five hours simply to exercise their sacred right to vote. Arizonans were told to throw their vote into a drawer where it might ultimately end up in a plastic bin or a trash bag. Maricopa County, where it took two weeks to count, is the poster child for broken botched elections. But if you bring up any of these issues, you are labeled an election denier or a conspiracy theorist. They don't want us talking about our shoddy elections under any circumstances. They shut us down and made us fear exercising our freedom of speech, and they canceled anyone who questioned past elections. Because of that, many Americans did not speak out and nothing was done to shore up elections. And now we are paying the price again. Arizona, America, if we do not stand up and speak up right now about the most dishonest elections in the history of Arizona, I truly fear for our future. Our sacred vote is supposed to be the great equalizer of the people. And right now our vote has been trampled upon. We must work hard right now to save it. This is our last chance. Those of you who are speaking out about what happened on November 8th, those who testified before the corrupt Board of Supervisors, thank you and God bless each of you. I am with you. Here's what I'm busy working on. I'm working with a team of patriotic, talented lawyers on a legal case to challenge the botched elections. My team and I realize how important this case is and what is at stake. We will file this case in accordance with Arizona state law, and you'll want to stay tuned for this one. Trust me. So many have expressed concern about Maricopa County's certification. I agree. This botched election should not be certified, especially in Maricopa County, where the Board of Supervisors are well aware of the catastrophic issues caused by maladministration of Supervisor Bill Gates and County Recorder Stephen Richer, who started a dark money pack with the sole purpose of going after me, my campaign, and our movement while they supervised the election. Let me repeat that. They ran an election with my name on the ballot and their number one political goal was to see to it that I was not elected. Can you say conflict of interest? Another member of the Board of Supervisors charged with certifying this botched election has been chosen to be on Katie Hobbs' transition team. Another conflict of interest, and perhaps the greatest conflict of interest of all, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, the woman in charge of running her own election, who did almost zero campaigning, oversaw the botched election, is now threatening counties with legal action if they do not crown her governor by certifying the election that she botched. You simply can't make this stuff up. Add to this the Attorney General's letter implying wrongdoing in this election. It would give any honest person, any ethical person pause to investigate and correct any issues, even after certification. The multiple conflicts of interest, the incompetence, the maladministration, the ignorance, and the disrespect of voters is off the charts with those managing and operating our elections. We, the people, will not forget. God will not forget. And I will not quit. I want to ease your mind a bit. My case, our case, moves forward with these sham certifications. In fact, state statute requires certification before our case can move forward. Now, you know how hard I worked on the campaign trail, leading our movement to bring common sense solutions to our problems. I am taking that same work ethic and using it behind the scenes right now, building a strong legal case. While we come together on this unifying issue of restoring honesty to our elections, rest assured, Arizona, nothing will stop me from putting everything I have into reforming elections here in Arizona and in America. There you have it, Carrie Lake. I mean, we saw late ballot dumps in Georgia. We saw Adam Laxalt lose late in Nevada with this mysterious batch of ballots that go for the opponent. We're sitting here weeks later and still haven't completely 
certified House seats that are going Republican. Lauren Boebert, her, her opponent called and conceded, and it's still not confirmed online. And Arizona was the worst of all that we've seen. And it's great to see, like Carrie mentioned, the amount of people that are coming up to the podium at the supervisor board of election meetings and making their voices heard. We have reporters on the ground like Ben, ben Bergerum uh, with video of trucks coming in that a media was not allowed to see. All these crazy things. There's more than we don't even know about. Up to 60% of these ballots, drop boxes were not working in certain areas of Arizona. And then people go online to see if they voted, their vote was counted. All it does is say you voted. They got to put that system in place that said, here's who you voted for. Please confirm. I don't know something you voted. Yeah, I went to the store and bought a bunch of stuff. And my receipt said, you bought stuff. No good. And the media and the Democrat Party and everybody that hates Carrie Lake, like the PACs against her that certified the election, are working overtime. Snope says the Gateway Pundit and other sources are spreading fake news about ballot drop boxes. But you know what? In their response, they never said that it wasn't really happening. They just said they have to count these ballots and it takes more time. That's why they appear to be drop and roll. That's why they appear to be ballot dump. The drop and roll we saw in Georgia where Warnock was losing at the zero hour and here comes a truck full of ballots for Warnock. Oh, save the day. Drop and roll. That's what happened. Are stolen elections becoming the new normal? Is Carrie Lake right that everything has to be certified before her lawsuit can go forward? If it's already certified, does that give more ammo to the opposition for her against her lawsuit? We're going to keep following this and more on the Matt Buff Show. This is just remarkable. Carrie Lake is leading the fight. We all need to support her in this lawsuit. This was obvious. This was the most obvious, but we have evidence everywhere else on all these other places. It's a, it's a strategic move by the left to gain Senate seats in certain areas that they feel like they can get away with this stuff. Not only do Republicans need to play this game, they need to start right now in Georgia. They need to be at churches getting ballots, getting people to, to sign here, sign here, sign here, sign here. Democrats are hard at work doing it, but you got to make America, Florida, and Ohio. You got to get over there and fix these crazy election laws that are preventing people from winning races that they legitimately win. This is all it's doing. They're holding on to power through scams, through mules, and through ballot dumps. Unbelievable. We'll have more on this on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Cost of living is skyrocketing and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Are you tired of federal agents acting like German state police? The infamous Gestapo? What about stress and anxiety over crushing federal debt and historically unprecedented mismanagement of your retirement? How about runaway inflation and price increases? Do you lie awake at night wondering if your school system is plotting to mutilate your child's genitals? Then we have the answer for you. Watch Crimes Against Tyranny, your one-stop shop for starting your very own revolution against the Democrat Party. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. And we've been talking about Arizona. Let's move over to Nevada now. According to the Heritage Foundation, Nevada is ranked 50 out of 50 due to election integrity. We're going to go to somebody who knows all about Nevada politics. Let's go over to Amy Tarkanian on the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you, Amy. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. 
Okay, now you um, there was a lot of scandal going on um, when a, a couple of Republicans lost. They kind of blamed you, but you crossed party lines and endorsed Democrats. You did the unthinkable there, Amy. Oh, well, if you know the backgrounds of some of these candidates, uh, just like Senator Mitch McConnell had mentioned and warned everyone, whether if you liked that comment or not, I know it was a hard one to swallow. But when he said, you know, it, it, there may be a problem due to the quality of candidates, we have that problem here in the state of Nevada. So it made this crossover extremely easy. Well, I want to get into all that and Mitch McConnell and everything you talked about. But first, I want to say I'm a big fan of your husband's dad, the shark, Jerry Tarkanian. And I want everybody to check out your husband's book about his father. Oh, thank you. Actually, I have one right here. Funny you say that because I'm sitting in his office. Yeah, there you go. Can you see it? That's Rebel, with the cause. Rebel with the Cause. You can get it off of Amazon. Did you guys watch Winning Time on HBO where they uh, where they profiled Jerry Tarkanian as being owned by the mob, basically? Oh, my. Uh, I mean, we've seen so many <laughs> versions of who they thought my father-in-law was. Some of them are so outlandish. Down to the towel. So let me just tell you, the towel started real quickly when he was in an old gym that didn't have a, a running water fountain nearby. So instead of him having to get up every time he was thirsty or wet his mouth, you know, to sit there and yell plays, he had somebody go and wet a towel and he was very superstitious. So he won that game and continued that, um, that habit, if you will, um, every game since. And he would fold it up, have it underneath, you know, the chair, and then he'd pull it out when it's time to wet his mouth. I've heard crazy things of people saying, Oh, he would soak it in vodka. No, he would not. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a new one. But if you haven't seen it, you got to check out Winning Time because they have a great uh, actor playing uh, Jerry. And um, the whole scene, it's when Jerry Buss was uh, entertaining having Jerry Tarkanian be the head coach of the L.A. Lakers. It was that right. whole scene right there. And uh, so definitely have your husband check that out because they portray his dad – not as some sissy, let me tell you that. Not well, at all. Well, he wasn't a sissy. And I'll tell you, we do have some pretty amazing stories we could share, you know, use a whole show on down to Frank Sinatra calling my mother-in-law for tickets. All right, we'll do that another time. But let's get back into this uh, fiasco. Now, I yeah. mentioned at the top that Nevada's ranked 50th out of 50, according to Heritage Foundation, when it comes to election integrity. Adam Laxall was doing very well, and then all of a sudden, the mysterious ballots come up. I think there's bigger mm -hmm. issues to uh, hammer out here, but let's talk about your situation mm -hmm. where Republicans were on stage calling you names. Why were they calling you names? Because they were angry that they lost and they needed a villain. And so in the last election, when Republicans got a shellacking here in our state, they blamed our uh, Secretary of State, who was the only statewide Republican office holder at that time, um, because we had election laws that changed due to COVID, magically. Um, it wasn't her fault. It was her job to implement what was passed in the, legis in the legislature. And uh, now here we are. And we had some candidates that were um, not of uh, upstanding character, didn't have the integrity that I would like to have as a public official representing me or the state of Nevada. And so because of that reason, me and a number of other Republicans, I just happened to be the highest profile. Um, so I was the easiest ones to take the shot at uh, and make an excuse for why they lost. Now, if I'm the reason why one of those candidates lost uh, for attorney general, she got, a, she got <laughs> the widest margin um, for losing and I want to say it was almost close to 80,000 votes, but yet it's my fault and my fault only. I mean, I must be pretty powerful. Well, I saw some of the video that was out there. Um, they were quite upset with you. Now, yeah. um, the, and like you said, there was other Republicans that they were talking about as well, but yeah. you were the most high profile. Um, one thing is for certain, when they changed the election laws due to unquote, quote and unquote covid that really put the state in a bad position. I mean, it allowed for ballot harvesting off the charts uh, videos that we've seen out of there. It's just ridiculous. So I, I would, if I was them, I wouldn't be targeting you. I'd be targeting the process because yeah. I've talked to Nevadans on the ground and they are so upset 
And the whole state's red except for Reno and uh, <laughs> and uh, Vegas. So you you Republicans are in a yeah. good spot. We need uh, we need a little continuity. See, so so that's a misconception because while yes, the majority of the center of the state is red, it's not as densely populated. So the majority of our population resides in both Clark and Washoe counties, which you just mentioned are Las Vegas and Reno. Everything yeah. else in between is very sparse. That's true. That is true. It's just funny when you see it on the map. Yeah. But, it's misleading. Um, <laughs> like I've been to Nevada. Um, I love Las Vegas and uh, it's a great town, but you know, it just, we're talking about the election stuff. So yeah. have you talked to these Republicans since then? Have you guys made amends? Has anybody reached out to you? No, no. In, in fact, they, they have not reached out to me for quite some time, um, even leading up to their election losses. And uh, there's, there's a problem when you have candidates who try to emulate the misbehavior of President Trump. Now, don't get me wrong. I voted for President Trump twice. I was also a delegate for President Trump. So it was his policies. And I think in the very beginning, when he showed Republicans how to speak up, how to speak out, how to dig your heels in, people were craving you know, to have a leader like that. But then once you had people run for office themselves, they tried to emulate that and it failed miserably and it backfired, especially in a state like Nevada, where you have third party registrations outpacing the Democrats and the Republicans. Independents were turned off by the misbehavior. Well, I understand that, but look at what Democrats are doing. In California, right next to you, they're letting pedophiles out of jail in under a year. Yeah, the Biden, the, the Biden regime and, and their policies have wrecked the American economy. The border is something that you guys have to deal with on a daily basis more than a lot of other states that are looking at you. So siding with Democrats, was that a bridge too far? No, it wasn't because these are Democrats who have actually already been in office. They were incumbents. And so we already know what we're getting. We already know um, how to work with these individuals and the fact that they are willing to work across party lines. These aren't people who make outlandish statements, who are demeaning you know, one another, who are degrading um, you know, other people that have opposing opinions. These are people who have actually already done the job and done it well. Now, do we have to agree 100% on everything? No, of course not. And that's why I think... You know, people forget politics is is basically where you should have dissenting opinions, where you should also have positive comments that you can share with one another. And that just didn't happen, unfortunately, on the GOP side here in Nevada. And you mentioned Adam Laxalt. And I feel for Adam because I've been on the winning side and the losing side of politics. And let me just tell you, winning beats losing. And when you lose, it hurts because you spend countless hours, you know, away from your family, um, just trying to fundraise. You spend even your own money. And it is devastating in the end. And he was outspent tremendously. And not only was he outspent, and this guy was one heck of a fundraiser, but he was outworked. Because you have a Democrat party that has act blue versus Republicans with win red when it comes to fundraising apparatus, where you don't have to, as a candidate, uh, pick up the phone yourself. You don't have to host fundraisers yourself. You don't have to waste time. It gives you the ample amount of time to go and kiss babies and shake hands. And Catherine, I want to say, she was given $40 million or so from act blue alone and fundraised around $120 million, if I recall correctly. And Adam did a tremendous job. But when read, that money doesn't go directly to the candidates. It goes to third-party PACs, which the candidates can't coordinate with. So you have to hope and pray that they know what you're wishing for and uh, how they use that money in your favor. Also on top of that, uh, poor Adam, um, we had a, a party that didn't have the preparations um, in place for the ballot harvesting. Now, I, I understand all mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting, those were the two areas that were changed due to COVID, okay? Correct. So it's law though. So what are you gonna do? 
Are you going to sit there and say, oh, we have systemic fraud. We're just going to talk about that all day, all night, all day, all night. Or are you going to try to win at this game, put together a strategy on the ground, and then you need to discuss with the voters on why it shouldn't be like this. And you need to go ahead and put in more Republicans in the state legislature and assembly so that way you can make those changes in the future. Because we now have a governor coming up, Governor Lombardo, who's a Republican, and he's going to have to twiddle his thumbs because the Democrats have the majority once again. In the legislation. Yep. No, you're exactly right. I, you reminded me of a conversation I had with Dinesh D'Souza, the, um, and he's he's very good about this stuff. And he he might he might you might be surprised at, at what he said. He goes, "We were talking about Nevada because it was like some seventy five percent of the vote was early vote and mail in. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is the highest by far in the country. And I don't care what anyone says, validation of those is nearly impossible on a true level." So what he said is what you just said, Amy, you have to play the game, especially if you have a Democrat legislation, you have to play the game and win it. You have to go in. He said it this way. You have to go into the churches right after the service and get signatures from everybody in there and drop them off. (laughs) He goes, you have to do it. No, it's true. And then you, and like Florida, what took us 10 years to get here (laughs) with our election integrity? integrity. We were a mess in 2001, and now we're the gold standard. But it took time. So Amy, I completely agree with you on that. You have to play the game in Nevada right now until you can get back that legislation and get the laws back to in-person voting. Right, because you had a state party that tried to uh, fool the voters and fool um, the media in saying that there was systemic fraud, but they didn't have the evidence to back it up. So, for example, my husband went to a Douglas County Commission, uh, not commission, Douglas County Central Committee meeting, and twice he asked the National Committee man for the state party, you know, where is the evidence? You're saying that there was roughly 2,200 dead people who voted. Fabulous. That's black and white. Like you can't, you can't, you know, there's not a gray area. If the person's passed away and they voted, they voted. So show us the evidence. And then his response was to pivot and basically to allude that my husband didn't know what he's talking about and to say that he couldn't answer that question due to a court order. Well, my husband used to be an attorney. So he pulled up the court order and he lied. There was no hard evidence. So they were just going around spouting this instead of talking about how to fix the problems in the future. And it created, I think, a a massive, uh, unfortunately, you had people that were just so tired of hearing about it without seeing any evidence to back it up that they blew these people off as crazy, unfortunately. And maybe some of it was true. But guess what? They all got lumped into the crazy uh, pool because of the way that this was mishandled. Well, it, it did cause a lot of emotions. I look at Arizona and I wish I could have answered that question because I was said, you know, be, because we need standing in a court, we have to do a forensic audit. And to do a forensic audit, we need legislatures to agree to that. And that's what I would have said, because when I hear complaints from the people, he should have just said that. When I hear complaints from the community, then we can take a look and get standing by getting the forensic audit out there. That would have been a better answer right. instead of well, insulting your husband. It, it, <laughs> well, exactly. And, and how about just be honest? Let's just be honest. Break it down. Why are we here today? How did we get where we are today? And explain to the people that the Secretary of State, you know, unfortunately, she took the brunt of everything due to the Democratic um, legislature. And it was her job to implement it. Instead, they went around and they censured her. The state party censured her. And they went around and told people that it was all her fault. So she was last season's villain and I'm this one. Okay, you're this one now. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because I find you to be a very pleasant person even though we don't agree on everything we've talked about. It's been uh, it's been a good conversation. I got it. Thank you. I got to ask you a question about quality of candidate um, Mitch McConnell. I am no fan of. I hope he oh, gets me either. booted out of there when it comes to uh, You can throw in Kevin McCarthy as well. I'm not a fan of either one of them. No, I'm with you on McCarthy too. And some of that money you were talking about with uh, the red vote um, that, red. that went to the third party instead mm-hmm. of to the candidate, that's Mitch McConnell 
deciding where a lot of those funding goes. And he hurt a lot of our candidates financially. But the quality of candidate thing um, he's talking about when he when he talks about MAGA candidates, right, mm-hmm. which I look at those as constitutional American. We, we used to call those constitutionalists, but now they're demonized as MAGA candidates. Now, <coughs> sorry, I, I'm choking on Mitch McConnell talk, <laughs> but it's, like, it's just interesting. We all are. <laughs> um, when, um, I, I understand the name calling can be off-putting, but sticks and stones when it comes to policy, that's what I'm talking about, following the constitutions. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I don't like but, demonizing people that are America first. Go ahead. Right. No, and I agree with you. And, and it's the policies that I think that the nation is really, um, you know, they're desiring, right? It's just the way that it's packaged. And so, for example, you may or may not care that President Trump is brash and stubborn um, and can, you know, come off as rude at times. Some people like that. Some people don't. I do. Now, I like it. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. I mean, to each their own. It's the policies I think that everyone desires, but it's it's to be more wrapped up in a package of more of a statesman. So you can throw in a you know Senator Tim Scott, a Governor uh, Yunkin, a Governor Ron DeSantis, um, Christy Nome. You know, I mean, those are all statesmen and stateswomen um, with the America First policies. Uh, and I think that's really what people are desiring, because when you want to talk about the quality of candidates, when we can get back to Nevada on that as the example, the two in particular Republicans that uh, that me and a plethora of Republicans came out against um, was because they ran for state treasurer and attorney general. As an attorney general, you don't threaten people with physical harm on social media or ever. You also don't say that our black attorney general should be hanging by an effing crane, whether if it's private or public. Uh, as the state treasurer, I don't think it helps when you have attacked a co-worker. She's also a city councilwoman who will be termed out. Uh, attack a, a co-worker in city hall to the point where she had to go and have surgery on her hand. And she's in the middle of a lawsuit for that. And the fact that she also, in that video you mentioned, threatened that, you know, I, if I were in Brooklyn, should get a beating. And then she also joked about breaking my fingers. And uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And this is the ongoing behavior of some of these candidates, unfortunately, that tarnish the Make America Great Again policies that were so phenomenal. They, they even went after your family by saying you had an affair with said attorney general. Yes, and, yes. And he was not happy about that either, obviously, because we're both happily married for a very long time. We yeah. have kids. And so I don't know where that came from, um, but it's it, it comes from a very um, sad, miserable place. Uh, and I don't live there. And, you know, thank God I'm very happy with with my life and with my family. And so is Attorney General Ford. So, you know, it's it's shameful that that's how low these candidates I guess ended up. I, I don't know if there's ever a bottom for these people because they don't seem to be that embarrassed. There's been no apology and I don't expect one. Well, that that was my lead in. And we said that at the beginning that they have not contacted you. We have a fractured Republican Party in Nevada. Um, Amy, you're not giving up on this, no? No, no. I. These people cannot tell me how to think and who to vote for. I'm going to vote with my conscience. I'm going to make sure that I vote for the person who I know is going to do the better job. You know, no one's perfect. Um, I'm not going to ever agree 100% even with a Republican. You know, heaven forbid. It's just, you know, you had the state party chair here in Nevada along with some of the county chairs um, because it was a trickle-down effect. Basically excommunicating members if they didn't fall in line 100% with their way of thinking, or if they questioned strategy, uh, questioned, you know, uh, just even if they just had any kind of question that went against whatever they wanted you to do, they used bullying and harassment um, to, to, I guess, stay in power. And so you actually ended up then with, I think, about 100, 150 very hardworking, dedicated Republican volunteers removed in the last year or so. And you need every vote. You need, you know, even the people who were excommunicated, supposedly, uh, they have family, they have friends. So if they see that you're being mistreated, you know that's going to 
uh, affect the outcome of the votes. And we needed every single vote. So this is not working out here. And uh, I know that there are a lot of people very unhappy. And when, when you have a coach that's been losing, let's go back to sports. If you have a coach that's been losing season after season after season, like this current state party, I think it's time to fire that coach. Well, I'm glad you took this on. A lot of people wouldn't take it on when they're accused of things and attacked and things like this. Too many people take the high road. I'm glad you took the high road and took it on. So that was good for you. Well, we'll, we're reaching out to them to try to get them on to get their side, but no luck yet. And um, we want to make sure that we all keep our eye on the ball with Nevada when it comes to election integrity. Disenfranchisement of voters is something very important to me. And I don't want your vote canceled out by some mule over there. That's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, what whatever happened to, to unity and big tents, right? We need to get back That's to that big we, tent, we not a deflated to. tent. You're exactly right. We got to get the big tent. And it starts on that local level that you're on. So... Thank you for coming on and talking about all this. What's next for you, Amy? Last word. Ooh, what's next for me? Well, I'm going to go watch my son play basketball tonight. He's in seventh grade and I just, you know, keep on pushing. I've got a, a family of four to focus on and uh, looking forward to the holidays. You're the first person ever that when I said, what's next for you, literally gave me the itinerary for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can tell you what I'm cooking for dinner, too, if you'd like, and when yeah. I'm going to walk the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Very good stuff. Great conversation. And I wish Mitch McConnell would sit down and listen to people like you that has been in these fights and get to the other side of this. Instead, I mean, he's just sitting up there on his high horse right now. And, yep. and we're all dealing with the non-money issue the non-money issue and when where we need it the most amy is the biggest deal well let me tell you real quickly to both mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy what they did in this last election with the money that they fundraised and i'm talking about millions that oh, they yeah. fundraised they actually chose power over country and what i mean by that is they actually pitched republicans against republicans in primaries so they picked their ponies in the primary instead of going, you know, for the general, waiting for the general, for the Republican against the Democrat. And the reason they did that is, for example, let's go to Alaska, Murkowski. He knew that he needed her vote in order to become, you know, the, the majority leader. And uh, Kevin McCarthy did that also here in the state of Nevada in my husband's race with Mark Amaday versus Danny Tarkanian. And he knew yeah. he was going to get Mark's vote. So what did he do? He put money in against my husband and needed his loyalty vote. And that's what we're working with. And it's disgusting. That That's the biggest point I want everybody to take away from it. That's a real example of what we're talking about. Literally taking fundraising money for selfish reasons. It keeps me in power. keeps me as the speaker. Yep. 100%. Um, I, a, a candidate that's a good friend of the show that just won his race and is going to the Congress. He said, you know what? We don't mind Kevin McCarthy stays as speaker. Because it keeps him out of committees. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, because you got to watch your back with Kevin. He's disingenuous. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, great stuff, Amy. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, we'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. So much more to go. We're going to Texas now with uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Miller. Unbelievable. Stay with us. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? 
It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. Check out my pillow. Will Mike Lindell be the speaker for the RNC? We're going to find out a lot more about that. And uh, check out mypillow.com. Promo code Buff for up to sixty-six percent off. And we're just still watching these crazy midterms. I mean, Arizona. What the heck, as we talked about before so many times, and the people are speaking out there against the most obvious sham election of all time. And we've got Daniel Miller, president of TNM, TexasNow.org. Daniel, we need Texas to be free, Florida to be free, and let's bring along Arizona too, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, Arizona could stand a little liberation right now, huh? Yes, they could. It's just unbelievable what's happening. Up to 50% of the poll stations not working. We have testimony from everyone out there, and it's just unbelievable. There is no way in heck stolen elections can be the new normal. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's been it's been on our radar for quite some time. I mean, obviously, one of the core things in the process, in the Texas process, is putting the question of Texas independence to a vote of the people, right? So uh, you know, obviously, with a, a Texas focus, we've been very um, concerned with what we've seen in elections going all the way back to 2010. So, uh, you know, this this idea from the the statists, uh, the federal apologists, the progressives that say that uh, everything is a okay. Uh, well, the, the evidence doesn't show that, and it's not recent. It's not just about the 2020 election. It goes. Uh, even further back than that, uh, they just, because they're able to, uh, do what they do, uh, without saying it, <laughs> uh, w- because they're able to do what they do. They just, they say everything is perfectly fine. And anyone who questions it is just a kook. Well, they say everything's perfectly, perfectly fine. Unless it happens to them. Hmm. Uh, your own Sheila True. Jackson Lee. Oh, she jacked. Election <laughs> denier in 2016. I mean, they, they, they're just funny how, uh, and by the way, Sheila Jackson Lee, how does she represent Texas? What the heck is going on with that one? Sheila Jackson Lee is, is proof that anyone can get elected to federal office, right? I mean, it's, uh, she is, she's still wondering about that, you know, that we're at war with, uh, North Vietnam and that, uh, the flag, she wanted to know if the flag was planted on Mars. Uh, still, yeah, I mean, you know, she's, she's something else, but that's what happens when you gerrymander. I mean, you have to remember that, um, you know, we were under the Texas was under pre-clearance until the Trump administration for redistricting. Uh, so, you know, every time you would have redistricting every 10 years, you know, you would have these situations where they would have to effectively draw these maps to protect people like Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, and it was all done uh, essentially under duress by the federal government. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see maybe what happens in the future. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get some uh, maps that allow people to be more represented. Or better yet, let's just do this. Let's just text it, and then all of our congressmen will be unemployed. Yeah, there you go. Forget the maps. Just text it now, right? What <laughs> was that? Yeah, absolutely. We're talking the same thing here in Florida, but John Fetterman, right? He's going to make everyone look smart. Senator Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, John Festerman. Yeah, uh, he has, uh, I will will say that Fetterman uh, has, uh, the the fact that Fetterman could get elected in Pennsylvania, uh, even had a remote chance, you know, the fact that it wasn't a, a blowout. Uh, was has been pretty helpful to our case here that 
uh, and I think probably would be for many other states as well, that uh, at the end of the day, our futures are being decided by people that we didn't elect putting forcing policies on us that we don't want. You know, we don't want Senator Shrek determining our border policy. You know, I mean, the guy just barely got out of his mom's basement. So, I mean, what sort of real world experience does he have? We don't want the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and the Fetterman's of the world uh, dictating policy for us when we have literal lives at stake. That is absolutely the point of Texas now and other movements like what Carrie Lake is doing in Arizona. She's bringing a full lawsuit against the whole state. But I said it. I said it just like you said it right there when uh, I saw what happened with Fetterman. I said, now he's going to affect me and my family. And we had nothing to do with that. Well, I mean, ultimately, wasn't that wasn't that the root of the the court challenges after the 2020 election? Uh, when you had states violating their own election laws, uh, affecting the outcome of, of these federal races and specifically the presidency. Uh, and, you know, when uh, our attorney general, Ken Paxton, along with other attorneys general, um, challenged it uh, right on up to the courts uh, in the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said, no, sorry, you know, even if you have a state that is effectively lawless and therefore, you know, when they undermine their own elections like that. They do not have a Republican form of government. Uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta just say, okay, whatever, you know, and, and ultimately I think that that case, the ruling in that case will go down as the moment that the federal government in, uh, the, in its entirety, uh, pronounced the union dead, because if you don't have a Republican form of government, if you cannot guarantee that, that rule of law, then, you know, so be it. Um, we, we can't stay in a union that doesn't protect our very fundamental right of, of self-government. Elon Musk, who is, uh, if not now a resident of Texas very soon, <laughs> he's gonna, he's, uh, he made a good tweet. He said that when we lose our freedom of speech, when we lose our rights under the constitution, that's when tyranny begins. And we're seeing that all over the place. And it's just unreal how, the left wants to see a, you, you, a society that is free of what they call MAGA Republicans, which are basically constitutionalists. Yeah, they, what they want is they want a monopoly on speech. I mean, that's essentially what they want. The only acceptable speech is that which they give, and that happens to be the party line of their social engineering, their neo-Marxist doctrine. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be the, the fight. I mean, when we talk about, we, when we talk about Texas, we talk about it, not just sort of in a Texas context and, and not even just a U.S. context, but really in the context of this larger global fight, uh, for the, the hearts and minds of man, you know, what sort of future are we going to have in this world? And, and I, you know, I always hold to, uh, article one, section two of the Texas constitution very first words. It says that all political power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. And so, you know, for us, we, we look at this battle, you know, when you talk about Elon Musk talking about free speech, uh, you know, you talk about this, this war that you've got, uh, essentially with, uh, the elections, what's happening in Arizona, what's happened in Pennsylvania, you know, this is really and truly a, a battle between, um, you know, the forces of, of freedom and the forces of globalism. Uh, you can, you, you've seen it time and time and time again. Uh, and this is a fight that we have to win. We are in, in probably the most pitched battle uh, of our entire, uh, history and the history of, of the world is being written right now over the next uh, you know, weeks, months, and, and years, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to see the next 100 years of history written right now. Yes, we are indeed. And that probably is bringing a lot of people to TexasNow.org. It's probably bringing a lot of people saying, you know what, this is so pivotal. We have to look at a different solution. Alyssa Milano tweeted out that she sold her Tesla and bought a Volkswagen Volkswagen created in 1937 by the yeah. Hitler regime. That's where she went. They're, they're so, they're so tone deaf. I mean, you know that, that, but that's what you get when you don't know history, right? I mean, that's just, they're just that way. Uh, 
it's it's hilarious to watch these progressives lose their mind. You know, and you got to remember, they are professionals at outrage archaeology, right? But apparently that doesn't involve cracking history books. But but I, I'm going to tell you, I love seeing it on social media when these celebrities uh, lose their minds over something. And then, you know, you go back a year, two years, three years and see that they were tweeting something the opposite. Alyssa Milano was no different, right? She she was for years tweeting her praise of Elon Musk, uh, you know, talking about how she loved it, how uh, Elon uh, inspired her son. And I mean, all these, you know, all these, uh, all this glowing praise, all of a sudden he buys Twitter, takes the muzzle off, uh, restores the right of free speech. And he's the, you know, he's the antichrist in her book. So much so that she went and bought the car that was manufactured by a literal antichrist. So, uh, you know, go figure, right? Yeah, no kidding. It's just remarkable. And that's how the left works. Everything's fine and dandy as well, long as you. That was funny. You said the left works and that, that the oh, fact yeah. that you said left works is pretty funny. Yeah, that's right. That's how they work. Now I should have left the S off, but that's how they work. As long as you agree with us, everything's hunky dory. Right. But the moment you step out of line, that's why they love the Liz Cheney's in the world. Yet in just a just a few years ago, they made that Vice movie where Liz Cheney was the devil in that movie. <laughs> and here they are now. She's the darling of the left, and that's exactly what they want. They want everybody to fall in line. You. You like our hard left policies, but if you even lean a little bit right, we want to put you in the gulag. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you look at sort of the rank and file of the progressives and and what you find is, is that by and large, they don't operate from any sort of fixed set of principles or any sort of rationale. You know, they, they move from thing to thing. They're, they're blown by the wind. They uh, have absolutely no shame in, holding a position one day and then flipping the next, not because of any rationale, but because of some uh, emotion or social group think, right? So, uh, you know, we, we're contending with an uh, opposition that is uh, uh, effectively uh, devoid of any moral compass. What is Beto Roar going to do when you do text it? Where, where's he going to go? I don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, look, he's a, he's a three-time loser now. Uh, and you know, the, uh, it'll be interesting to see there, you know, John Cornyn's seat is coming up, uh, and, and there has been some talk that Cornyn is going to retire. I mean, it, it's not, not, it didn't help, didn't help his case for staying that when he went and made an appearance at the Republican convention here in Texas, he got booed, uh, a lot. Uh, Good. so, you know, Cornyn, you know, Cornyn is, is likely going to retire out and, and you may see Beto go, you know, for a fourth stab at it, uh, to embarrass himself. But honestly, um, you know, I can think of some places that would be really great for Beto to, to go like California, uh, New York, uh, you know, there's some, some places that would uh, be more that, well, I mean, that's where he goes and raises campaign cash anyway. So might, well he, might as well. Yeah, absolutely. What events do you guys have coming up? I want everybody to check out texitnow.org because it's a global issue. It's not just for Texas. It's for all of us. So what, what do you guys got coming up next? Oh, tons of things, right? We're, we're headed into the next legislative session. For, for those who don't know, uh, Texas has a true part-time legislature. They meet for 140 days every other year. And so that next legislative session starts in January and we're working feverishly to, uh, to get the Texas Independence Referendum Act filed just like we got last session. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're growing. We're larger than ever. We've got events all over the state. Uh, we're, you know, I'm, I'm on a speaking tour starting again in January. Um, you know, I would just encourage people, uh, even if you're not from Texas, right, if, if you are in any other state and you, you believe that if you had the opportunity to, if your state was already a self-governing independent nation, and instead of talking about withdrawing from the union, you were talking about whether or not you would join. If you wouldn't join, then uh, then you have no, it's not necessary for you to stay in that union. So uh, I would encourage you, whether you're in Texas or outside of Texas, head over to texitnow.org, uh, get the facts, get educated on it, uh, and then get active, whether it's in Texas or in your home state. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, from our last conversation, 
I want a Florida exit, and now we need an Arizona exit. There's That's just... a flex it, man. That's a flex it. A flex it. <laughs> a trifecta of flexits. <laughs> Daniel Miller, thanks so much for your insights. Still a lot of work to be done, but keep us updated on the legislative session, will you? Will do. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you. You got it. Sounds good. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us. It's time to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small, medium, and large businesses to grow online. With JJC Marketing Solutions, you can grow with do-it-yourself, easy website and funnel builder, or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no-cost, no-obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. It is time for the Matt Buff Show Christmas Tour. I can't believe it's been a year since we've talked to Calvin Fisher, but he's back with us after last year's great novel. He's got a follow-up. Let's go to Calvin B. Fisher on the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on again. Oh, it's so great to have you. You got the Northfield saga continues with Storm Rise. This is book two of the acclaimed Northfield saga. It's now available on Amazon. We'll put the links on the Matt Buff show. And the uh, novel is also available in ebook format, too. We don't even need to turn pages. You can just download it, Calvin. Exactly. The miracles of technology, right? Able yes, to get it on all the devices now. Yes, indeed. So give us, uh, catch us up on the story. What's happening now in Northfield? This is pretty remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Northfield saga Stormrise is a direct sequel to my first book. So it uh, carries on the characters over. Um, essentially, after the events of the first book, our hero, Mark Northfield, finds himself in a bit of a spot. He's imprisoned by the network, which is sort of the overarching organization which runs the apocalypse now and they're essentially you know punishing him for his events from the first book what happens though is one of his mortal enemies gets imprisoned alongside him and there's a, on their way to this new city to await judgment when they're broken out by a mysterious rebel group um, however they're separated from them right away in this sort of big new city that the, neither of them have any knowledge of so Essentially, Mark Northfield needs to team up with a man he once considered his mortal enemy to try to survive cities hunting after that. Okay, who are the Yellow Jackets? Oh, can you hear me, Calvin? Not sure what happened. Calvin, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, it got cut out there. So let me, uh, I'm going to clip this. 10. Okay. Um, in the book, who are the Yellow Jackets? 
Yeah, so the Yellow Jackets are essentially a group that started as just a group of raiders who'd go around and try to rob people to just survive and sort of congregate their own resources. But as the years of the apocalypse went on, um, they sort of sort of amassed a lot more power and kind of created this whole cult-like mentality, which is where the name Yellowbacks come from, because they all wear these big yellow tanks on their back, because um, they believe in that they have to breathe in pure air during combat because it makes them more pure and strong. Um, so just over time, they kind of grew and grew into the group that can kind of combat against the, uh, the network. Okay, very good. Now, everybody check out calvinfishermedia.com. The first book, Apocalypse Bounty, that's where Mark uh, learns his fate and has to deal with it. And now, how much intelligence and how much support has he gained heading into the new book? Yeah, I think he's he's learned a lot. A lot of what the first book focused on was just sort of his own personal journey and struggles of trying to do the morally righteous thing, but um, essentially how to deal with that when running against a lot of resistance. And as the road became a lot more gray morally, as he found himself having to do more tough things, he found himself struggling with what the true right thing to do was. The second book sort of takes the, the aftermath of what happens in the first and has him dealing with that in the context of being in this entirely new city and sort of the moral quandary of what does it mean for me to, I guess, now kind of be in this criminal role where I'm trying to escape this government? Like, how far should he go for his own safety? How does he deal with the collateral damage that the network causes while chasing after him? Uh, so it's, it sort of continues that idea of how to find what the right thing to do is amidst all the chaos that surrounds him. We look at China with their uh, protests and uh, people being hammered over the head with batons and stuff. And I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff. Describe the new city that Mike Mark finds himself in and shape any parallels to tyrannical things we might be seeing today. Yeah. So the thing about the city, which is called New Medea, is it's this very technologically advanced city, the most technologically advanced in this post-apocalyptic world. Um, those sorts of things, as well as, you know, a little bit less having to do with survival. But because of that, the network sort of taken advantage of that comfort, almost offering it as a carrot as they sort of increase their tyrannical rule. So I think a, a large part that the citizenry has to deal with is, do they value their comforts more or do they value their personal freedoms more and just sort of I guess that that idea of having all of the citizens treated well, or would they rather have these comforts that are sort of built on top of the oppression? So I think there, you know, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between, you know, places like China or other places in the world where we see that that sort of tyranny. Has he found a love interest in part two? Ah, uh, you know, not yet. A lot of his focus there is just trying to survive and escape. And unfortunately, he doesn't find himself time to, to, to find another love. Okay, very good. And the book is just uh, something that a lot of the reviewers say, Calvin, is an absolute page turner. I mean, there's a new adventure around every corner in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, that was one of my goals with um, the Northfield series because I love science fiction myself and in fantasy. But one thing you can kind of run into with those genres is there can be so much of that exposition and world building that it, it almost can weigh down the book and make it really slow to read. You know, you'll you'll read three pages about what color the grass is and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So I wanted to take sort of those sensibilities, but kind of merge them with the pacing of a thriller, you know, like a Tom Clancy or Vince Flynn. So I really tried to have it be a marriage between kind of the best parts of both of those genres. So I think that's one thing readers have responded really well to is just the speed of it and making sure, hey, when I turn the page, I know something new is happening or I know that I'm going to learn something new about this character, always making sure there's kind of a discovery around the next corner. That's fantastic. And why was the book titled Stormrise? What significance does that have in the storyline? 
So Stormrise is this new mysterious rebel faction that breaks Mark Northfield and um, his sort of buddy in this Geralt Solb out of the the network's clutches. Um, it's a group that neither man really knows much about in the city. They hear a lot of propaganda both ways as far as, you know, oh, they're the greatest thing ever. They're going to be the next saviors of humanity, as well as a lot of the network propaganda of they're just terrorists who are just causing havoc and sort of disrupting the status quo. So they're, they're kind of just trying to make their way and try to figure out whether they can really trust this group if they were saving them for altruistic reasons or if they had, you know, more self-interested goals in mind or what exactly is in store for them. It sounds like a wonderful journey that everybody's going to be tuning into to get excitement and uh, see what happens next for Mark. This is supposed to be part of a four-part series, correct? Yep, that's correct. Anybody hit you up for the movie rights yet? <laughs> Not yet. I'll have my uh, my phone waiting and ready by me, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want everybody to check it out. I mean, it is a page-turner. Apocalypse Bounty, fantastic book. Can't wait to check out Stormrise. Everybody go to calvinfishermedia.com. And of course, right, Calvin, wherever books are sold. Yeah, for sure. It's There's an Amazon page, which should be pretty visible to find it. If you search my name or Apocalypse Bounty or Stormrise, the book should pop right up. And it's also available on my publisher's website, headlinebooks.com. So those are a, a couple more options to, to purchase it. And uh, people should follow you too on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Kelvin Fisher Media. Do you still post on Twitter? I do. Yeah. Usually I, um, I try to just keep a lot of the posts of just things I'm up to, you know, I did a, a book signing a couple of weeks ago. So just posting on that, but I, uh, I try to sometimes stay, stay clear of the chaos that can, that can be on Twitter at times for sure. Yeah. Well, good call, but we're part of that chaos. So don't be dogging it too hard. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the picture you have on your Twitter page. There's a nice Christmas background there and you got both books there and uh, you were signing books with uh, your publisher headline books there at the uh, SoCal uh, Christmas show there. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Thank you. It's always great to, you know, go out and meet a lot of fans and, and just get an opportunity to meet people and share kind of the world of Northfield with people. Well, we're going to post the world of Northfield on the Matt Buff Show. We want everybody to check it out. Calvin, thank you again. Let's not put a year between us next time. Yeah, absolutely. Love being on here. And, uh, and thanks again. This is great. Okay, sounds good. Another great book series in the Buff, Matt Buff Show Christmas Book Tour. Check it out, everybody. It's really amazing stuff. And, you know, it's a lot better than the wolf garbage you're putting out there. It's a real saga. It's good stuff. We'll be back next time on the Matt Buff Show.